Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Running Things Considered. And uh, every once in a while, we have a podcast where we get a guest that I feel like we're in maybe like at the time, the most important part of their running career, you know, maybe a big breakout race, some times that kind of put them on the map. And this is when I like to get podcast guests because it's before they get too tired of media. Okay. So it's usually a great investment. So I thought when, when asking this guest to be that I was going to be in real early. Okay. So I asked them, they said, yeah, you know, let's do it. Just won an NCAA title. Like let's do it. And I was like, score. I'm, I'm getting it. Number one. And then later, as I'm scrolling through my Instagram stories, I see one of my rivals, one of my arch nemesis podcasters had on her story, hey, getting the same person on my podcast. And my heart sunk. I was like, we almost we almost did it. We almost had. And so I responded to that story. I said, no way. I just asked. This is unbelievable. And uh, she responded, this lady's Emma Abrahamson, for those wondering. She responded, uh-oh, too bad. I guess let's fight. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm an honorable guy. I'm just going to let the podcast do the talking. And this podcast, I'm going to record with the same guest after yours is going to make you wish that you were never born. Okay, Emma? And she said, I've been doing this for years. Your, your podcast stinks. All right. Um, and then I, I'm making all this up, by the way. Uh, basically, she was like, yeah, well, I'm recording it now. Good luck with yours. Anyway, so, so, so this guest I'm super excited about. We have NCAA champ, six of the Olympic trials, part of the NC State Wolfpack, and newly signed with Adidas, Ellie Hennis. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, pretty good. All I got to say is patience is key, you know? She got I that know. Hey, and now we got the Olympic trials and the signing. that is true. That more is true. That that is one well, thing I'm excited. We got more to talk about, you know. We got way more to talk, more content. Um, because yeah, the the six at the I I, I was afraid even after you did that, and I was like, is she, is she too big time now? You know. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. This is, is great. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, so you're you're back in um, North Carolina, right? Yes, I'm in Raleigh currently in my my little apartment. Perfect, perfect. You get, got a workout later. Mm-hmm. Is is anybody still running with you? Um, well, easy runs like recovery runs, yeah, because some of the girls are still in town. They're building back up from their breaks, but workout wise, it's gonna be there's there's a so Jacob Sieber works with our yeah. team. He's like yeah. kind of like picturesque, like takes some photos for us sometimes. And occasionally he also will ride the bike next to me. Um, when that's there's major. There. so that's I think he'll around the track. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've, I've never, I've never had someone do that for me, but he, I, he does. that's, that's almost, awesome. <laughs> what, what are you training for next? Um, so I think I, I'm still going to do some summer races this summer. Oh. I have to figure out which ones exactly there's this, there's a road, a road six K in Canton, Ohio, which is crazy because it's literally two miles away from my aunt's house. And I've like never, I mean, I've never heard of races in Ohio really. And she hasn't either. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to come stay with you and do this race. <laughs> fun. Um, is it, is it like a big race? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like a, it's a national championship of some level. Like oh, was, really? So I think there's going to be like, I know, well, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I know a few mm. people that might be there. So um, I know it's like shaping out to be a decent field. So, and, and, and you're, I, I mean, you're like as good at um, like, you know, cross country road races as you are track. So, I mean, it'll be fun to do the I first, like. figure out what, what road racing really even feels like or what that's that even true. Is. That's yeah. true. Throw on some super shoes, whatever the, the new Adidas <laughs> one is. The high boys. That's what we call them. The <laughs> high boys. The high boys. 
<laughs> not to be confused with moonshoot. <laughs> no, absolutely. Not. I often confused, but not to be confused. Yeah. <laughs> They're so comfy. Dude, I know, I know. I, 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 I'm like a big toe runner, and so like super shoes kind of feel feel weird on me because I, because I kind of like like hit with the front of my foot, and, and the balance like is more like on your heel, and so yeah. I, it, you know, it's it's not meant for me, which kind of sucks because then I can't PR by a hundred seconds every race. Already, your form is already too perfect, but you can't like get any better. I, I can't get any better. I know I'm already <laughs> optimized. That's why. <laughs> You know, I, I, that, that's why I'm going for the next time the Nike releases their shoes and it has wheels in the bottom. That's the, I'm going to cash in oh, there. Like yeah. Like Heelys. Yeah. That's the, that's the rumors in the next Nike prototype. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I can't hit anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I mean, Adidas prototype. That's the rumors. The next Adidas. Yeah. Prototype. Whatever Adidas, whatever Adidas My bad. Yeah. My bad. Well, <laughs> also there's, there's a, so before we get into the, the juice of the podcast, we do have a speed round oh, no. set up for you. You, 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 I mean, you kind of get the gist of, of what that means. I just, I say something, you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh no. Okay. No, it's the fun <laughs> part. <laughs> it's fun, but this is stressful for me. Okay. I got it. That's true. That's true. Fair. I, I'm honestly nervous as well. First okay. So, so we're both nervous. I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. So that's, that's the scary part. <laughs> Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. All right. Drop, drop the dramatic music. Thank you. It's going to be edited in. <laughs> in three, two, one. What's the most nervous you've ever been before a race? Um, Raleigh Relays. <laughs> Best post-run meal? Burger King. Where does the name for the fruit orange come from? Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first phone? <laughs> Wait, sorry, what was that? What was your first phone? A slide flip phone. I don't know what it was called. The sidekick? I don't know. Hey. It was a little maroon little... You just slide it. I just like to slide it. Like, I wanted to hang up oh, on people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, the... Yeah. I, I had the uh, the LG NV3. It wasn't a slide. It was a flip. And so I oh, had yeah. the, the flip keyboard. And so I was like mm-hmm. the most popular guy in school. Um, what's the best place to run? Umstead. In Raleigh. <laughs> Where do cats come from? Their moms? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I mean, that's right. You know. <laughs> Evan as well because they're amazing. I love cats. I, I, I also, but I do want to go back because I thought this was hilarious. Where does the name for the fruit orange come from? In my <laughs> mind, I thought you'd just say the color. You know. <laughs> it was a stupid question, but Florida could be right. You know, it's up to interpretation. <laughs> exact first word that comes to my mind like it, it might have i don't know like whatever. i mean you're right you're right you're genuinely right uh have you ever been attacked by a bird no wait okay. yet yeah well <laughs> not intentional no was what i had first but then i thought about it and i was like wait i kind of have but not really <laughs> it just uh, you know okay who's uh, chased you that's a bird yeah that is a bird that counts and those things are terrifying they are. They are. That's the okay. So the reason I wrote this is as I was typing these questions. Okay, I like to to walk and think. And so I was at my coffee shop, and and as I was writing these questions, um, and this sorry, I wrote this question for it to be about me. So just pause for a second. Okay. So as I as I was uh, I was writing this, you know, just going back and forth. Uh, just behind me, I, I heard kind of like a, a squat, and then just 
just let me just kind of like hit the back of my head and i was like what the heck was that uh and i was kind of in the zone so i didn't even think about it so i turned around and i saw a, a legit mockingbird just like sitting on the tree like three feet away from me and i was just like was that you <laughs> and it and, and, and frankly it goes Scott! and he just dives at me and i'm just like back up a little bit and i still kind of have no idea what's happening i'm like is this, what are you is this doing really attacking me huh like what do you do in that situation <laughs> I, i've never been <laughs> I, I was I was confused and, and, and so it's on the ground and then at this point I'm like oh my god it's attacking me and so it, you know the first thing that comes to my mind is in just a normal inside voice I say hey I'm bigger than you all right and right as I say that I go Squaw! it starts chasing after me and at this point I'm running okay it's not it's not jump landing it's just going Squaw! and attacking me and so I'm just sprinting back to my coffee shop and I, I I run up the stairs and I'm just like laughing because I can't even believe what's happening, uh, just laughing hysterically, just with my head with my hands behind my head, just shaking them. And then I get up to the coffee shop and I see the cleaning lady, uh, just on the other side of the window, just looking at me. And I'm just laughing hysterically, just pointing, just behind me, and she sees nothing. And then and then I look the bird. He just he just stopped. He just sitting on a, a a street post, just looking at me. And he gives me one final scar. And uh, and then I and then I go sit down. Not gonna uh, lie, very good bird impression. You think so? I've I've been practicing it. That's actually yeah. <laughs> and and the, the story the story doesn't end. About about like a few hours later, I was just working uh, grinding at the coffee shop, and then I I see this this <laughs> this, this 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 dude just run by me, being like, oh my god, oh my god, and oh my god it's chasing me and i see him just sprinting i try to get my phone out to film it but anyways so i just saw a, a few people getting attacked by birds um that, that bird was, something something was going on with that bird so like i don't know <laughs> it just, like, I, that's matter, was like let me just see how many people like i can mess with today you know like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and it, it was like on the sidewalk in the city oh my yeah it was something <laughs> well anyway so so terrifying my roommate hannah hannah steelman she hates mm -hmm. birds with a passion when she we go hates on, birds like honestly okay we saw some baby ducks in oregon on three's trail that she was like you know what those are kind of cute i can appreciate those fair enough but anything else she is no she's like do not wow. I around me like there was <laughs> there was also we were eating brunch at this one place in eugene there was a crow I mean, crows. Crows are probably if we're gonna talk about like scarier birds or like yeah. birds that creep you out. Yeah, they got magic powers. Yeah, ember people. They know. They know. <laughs> <laughs> she saw it and it was walking near our, our food. She couldn't even like she couldn't focus on like eating or doing anything until it was gone. She was oh like, "You need to leave." Get <laughs> That's <out."> so funny. <laughs> You'd appreciate me telling this, but right before we went out to to nationals, this isn't a bird story, but it's a bee story. Bee story, okay. You, I don't know if you, sorry, I'm going off a tangent right now, but- um, That's what we do. We um, we were, she was running the two days before we left for Eugene and a bee felt like flew right onto her eyelid and stung her. Oh, and that's maybe the worst place. It was so, because I mean, anywhere else it would have been fine, but the first day we just put ice on it. There was no swelling, everything was fine. The next morning I come back oh, from- no. Sitting there on the couch with her- <laughs> No. Her like Ellie, she removes it. It was swollen shut. Her whole eye was swollen oh, shut. Oh no! She had to do steeple, right? So like her <sighs> depth totally off. Like you can't run steeple with like. That's it, true. Two D. So, damn. So it's like, you know, she was <laughs> she was just trying to figure out. It was it was a interesting time, but that is so funny. Oh my gosh! You heard it here first. <laughs> Gilman doesn't like birds. <laughs> shout out! Shout out! <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> well, back to the speed round. Finish the lyric. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Oh, no. Stop. I know this song. <laughs> Literally Gucci gang. The whole yeah, year. that's it. That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Gucci gang. All right. Gucci gang. <laughs> and that's wrong. <laughs> I was yeah, I was brainstorming. <laughs> I can't be wrong about this because it's in my it's in my pre-race playlist. So if I get this wrong, I'm so fake. Gucci gang? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was going through ideas and I, I don't know, it just came to my head. I was like, like it's just the <laughs> Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Gucci, Gucci gang. gang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. Well on the same note, what is what is the hardest song of all time? Gets you hype. Um, bet on it by Troy Galton. There you go. Is that is that a is that High School Musical? Oh yes, absolutely. Good, good. Okay, <laughs> I know it. That's a hard song. That's a hard song. I don't All know. Right. There's, I just my pre-race playlist is just a mixture of so many things, and I don't know how to describe it. It's it's into it's you know, I, that, that's the thing about like hype music is sometimes we get asked like like what song like gets you the most hype. Mm -hmm. And it's really just up to like what song were you listening to when you were hype, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Of like what, like what can you trace back memories to? And I think we were asking uh, Morgan McDonald, and he, his song that got him hype was that was like Stereo Love. Do you remember that song? Yeah, I remember that song. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough, I... dude. <laughs> yeah. Speak your truth. <laughs> oh yeah, speak your truth. All right. <laughs> Who's faster, Ellie or Mom Coach? Ellie. Damn straight. What's two times three times four? Fifteen. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's up to you. Two times three times four. Wait, twenty? Am I wrong? Two times three? No, that's. <laughs> that's two plus three times four. <laughs> I'm a psychology major. I haven't taken math since freshman year, so that's what that's what I would like to say. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's my favorite part of the, the speed around questions is you can, you, I, I can say anything. I can say anything. <laughs> People always like, all right. And then the final question that we some, for some reason we've asked every single guest is what is your favorite apple? Um, oh, what are those ones called? The, the, um, they're granny something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Smith? That sounds right. The green one? No, it's not a green one. Well, not the Granny Smith then. Okay. Well, it's a red one that I thought right. any something. That's you know, fair. you know when you like have that place in the grocery store, you just walk up and you grab it and you Galifigi. know you know that that's what that you know that's what it is. Yeah. I don't yeah. You can you can just just size it up. Be like, that's the apple I want. You know. I should ask Ryan Fraser, and the reason I say that is because she eats ten apples a day. Really? So, no, she knows the different apples like by heart. Like she knows which ones are which. But so she would probably know which ones I liked. <laughs> that's fair that, that that's 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 one thing that's been like uh i guess this is an unintentional pun but like fruitful about that question is like every once in a while you'll get someone who just like is is like ryan frazier and is like an expert on apples oh yeah so it's always fun <laughs> knows it all like she's just yeah that girl i, I swear i know used to uh, maybe not anymore but used to go through like 10 apples a day <laughs> <laughs> i mean keeps the doctor away right you know oh killing yeah. it yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> well, that's the end of the, the speed round question. And before we get into more the fruit of the podcast, I'll say yeah. that again. 
Um, right now, you know, what we really appreciate um, to keep this podcast nice and competitive and being better than the sit and kick podcast is if you give us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts, even if you don't use spot of, or don't use Apple podcasts and you use Spotify, just go ahead, go there. Just you know, compliment me, make me feel good about myself. I need ego boosts as much as I can. So just go ahead and, uh, you know, give us a five-star review. If you give us a four-star review, you know, I'll be at your, you're going to find me. All right. I'll find you. Okay. So don't, don't even think about giving us a four-star review. You'll regret it. All right. Now on to the next part of the podcast. And for those uh, listening, first time listeners, Ellie, Ellie Hennis fans, um, kind of how it goes. We have, we have five trivia questions that somehow have to do with Ellie's life. And um, she, she told me before this podcast that she, she's really confident. And there's nothing, not no better skill she has than trivia. So it should, it should be wonderful. It should be absolutely a wonderful segment. You should get into it. <laughs> you know what? Full said. Let's just oh, get into it. Let's just get into it. Cool. All right. It is All right. The first question. Melting cables and buckling roads. This record-setting high heat wave is affecting what part of the country? Um... I guess probably North Carolina if we're going if we're getting this back to my life because that's like the only place I've ever been. All right, um, I'm, I'm gonna walk you. Okay, it has to do with Oregon. your life. There it is. There we go. Oregon. That's right. I got him. Right. Yeah, I, you had to think about it for a second. I, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. No, we were talking about a literal heat wave. Okay, we good. I got it. <laughs> well, like as opposed to what? <laughs> dude I <laughs> fair enough trivia. fair enough man all right all right so two of really really incredible races you've had um so obviously you won the ncaa championship and emma emma talked about that a good bit on their podcast so you know i'm i'm, I'm not gonna reuse too much so if you're curious about that, go ahead and listen to, to her podcast. But what I want to talk about more so is the Olympic trials, which was a week after the, the 5k where you won. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of what I'm curious is, is how is, how was your first prelim final 5k? And along with that, um, you didn't sign pro until after, were you kind of like betting on yourself that you would, you know, get more money by having a great performance? You know what I mean? Um, I guess, you know, there's, there's part of that too, but I think that, I think a lot of it was also just like, um, just trying to figure out like one, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be like brand, all that kind of stuff. Um, and at the same time, just like, I had the, I guess like advantage of like coming from this college season and like racing pretty consistently, like a lot of championship races in that, like, yeah. In like weeks and I kind of figured like okay like the Olympic trials at least the prelim is going to feel kind of um collegiate like familiar yeah, yeah like kind of postseason-esque race so I feel like I was just kind of going into it as like oh it's just an extension of my season and like I have the I mean I, I'm lucky to be able to just kind of go in and be like oh I'm I'm kind of here not just for the experience like not just like oh I'll just come here have fun whatever happens happens but at the same time like I'm here. I'm having fun and whatever happens happens. So, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to kind of go into it. So I was like, you know what? I think with, 
um, figuring out where I was going to sign or what I was going to do. Like that was, that was definitely like very much in my mind, but I'd also kind of just pushed it off a little bit. Cause I was like, this is kind of stressful. And I have two races in front of For me. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to like, you know, try to figure it out. But at the same time, if it starts stressing me out, I'm just going to focus on my race instead. <laughs> That's fair. And I guess, I guess you're, you're talking about your mindset wasn't like, you didn't put a whole lot of pressure on yourself. It sounds like, um, and, and, <laughs> and how was it, I guess, going to that? Cause I guess, you know, we're talking about the heat wave. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty hot. I, I hear, I, it was. What, I guess, what was your, what was your, I guess, like, you know, goal, although you're just trying to have fun, you know what I mean? Um, for better, or for worse. I think that like coming from humidity and heat was like, like I definitely underestimated the heat mm-hmm. and on like I wasn't on some of the worst days of the heat. And I think that on the, the final day was definitely worse than the prelim yeah. on the final day. I didn't really notice the heat until the last like one K when everyone dropped the pace to like four thirty, And then I was yeah. like, actually pretty hot out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's so, like heat wise heat, like it's definitely a lot hotter, but since there wasn't much humidity, it was like, I'm amazed by being able to be there. And then I go into the shade and it's cool. Like it actually, you feel like you've cooled off almost. It doesn't happen much in the Southeast. Yeah. No, it does not. Yeah. No matter where you're at, if you're outside, you're just sweating buckets. It's horrible. And that's, that's, that is not to say that like, it wasn't bad in, in Eugene. I don't want to play. Right, right, right. But it definitely was more of like, like I definitely didn't, feel as bad body wise in those races than I did in Florida at regionals for yeah. college. Like is another, oh, yeah. that's another upside to like what the collegians had going into that like race, like in college station or in, um, or in Florida, yeah. already a lot of heat and humidity, you know, yeah. that's true. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize like how well prepared you were. Cause I, I forgot about the, the Jacksonville, um, mm-hmm. East, East pre- preliminaries. Um, so yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, but you know, again, seemed to work out. Um, mm-hmm. So th- th- this next question kind of parlays in what we're talking about. All right. Okay. You're one for one. Yeah. Well, kind of one half. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> the company Gebruder Dossler split into what two modern companies when Adi and Rudolph refused to work together? One being Puma, the other being what? adidas yep yes yep yes nailed it look two at for that two. well <laughs> one you know if you if you say partial credit in the first partial credit in the first one 1. 1.5 out of two pretty good it. pretty good so you know you sign with adidas uh i don't think anyone was surprised you know being nc state you know <laughs> um but kind of you said that you were kind of like pushing, I guess, like the bandwidth of that decision till, till after the trials. Um, you know, what went into that decision? When did you know? There, there were a lot of things that went into that decision and it was, it was pretty hard for me just because I have always kind of seen myself as, I mean, I've always thrived through, um, teammates and like working together with people. And then I was kind of like looking at, stuff outside of running and like looking into support systems and where I have them. And also just kind of realizing within myself that I'm, I think I idealize change a lot and I'm like, Oh, I want everything to change really quickly. And like, I just want a new place, new people, new everything. But I do think that something that is really good for me is also um, being able to like, like have structure with a bit of change 
like kind of coming and going. So I really liked the idea that with an Adidas, an independent Adidas contract, I can be based out in, um, I'm going to be based out in Flagstaff. And sometimes I can go back home, do some C-level training or like with Adidas, there's people in San Diego. I mean, there's even people in Boulder, there's people wherever that like Flagstaff is a place, you know, like people are going to be coming yeah. in. At time. So like oh, yeah. I can meet people, I can constantly run with new people, work out with new people. Like that, that kind of stuff really excites me. And especially in like the running world, I mean, there's so many people to like learn from, grow from, and I'll be training with Rachel Schneider too. So, I mean, yeah. like, you yeah, can't really major. There. <laughs> and also you got, a um, near, near NAU, which is also good, you know? Yes, that is very good. <laughs> that is also good. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and I do, I do like understand that sentiment of, you know, you're always like thinking like, oh, like the grass is always greener. Um, but mm -hmm. I do, I do think that does work out well because you know, especially because it'll give you, give you some flexibility. Let's say you go over to, I guess, you know, Flagstaff and like one group may not work out. Or let's say you signed with a Brooks beast or something and it just wasn't your perfect fit. And then, oh, mm -hmm. well, there's your pro career, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to make a change on that. So and I'm definitely someone who can get into a mindset of feeling like, and I know that I, I say this, I've lived in the same place my whole life. So I think that sometimes you have that feeling of like, oh, I really have to get out and go travel and go do things. Mm -hmm. So I like having the, having the flexibility to, if I am in feeling that way, like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go to San Diego for a little bit, go train with like Nikki or, you know, whoever else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, and so you're training with Rachel Snyder and I guess, is this going to be the first time that you, that you aren't coached by your mom? Yes, it will be. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I, I have a, I have a little feeling that she's probably going to be still overseeing a few things, especially if, if I do end up doing some like sea level stints, like in sure. Raleigh or stuff like that, then she'd, she'd be looking out for me. But, um, I mean, I, I wanted to find a coach that I felt like I can trust and that I feel like, um, has my best interest at heart. And I ha I did have a few, I had like, I, I narrowed it down to about three coaches that I feel like, okay, I can, I can trust them. Um, about as much as I trust my own mother so you know can't really go wrong there yeah <laughs> um I think that I mean I think Mike Smith is an amazing guy and I think that he's very caring and I think that he's gonna really look out for me so I think it's like you know I think that I, yeah. I was talking about this with him and I think like we we, <laughs> we kind of touched on my favorite movie quote which is every path is the right path um everything everything could have been anything else and it would have just as much meaning and so say that again. So everything could have been anything else and it would have just as much meaning. Got it. Got it. Understood. So we're, we were kind of going over different situations, different things. And when I was talking over this with him, it like automatically, I just left the conversation and felt so like calm and confident in myself and in my running and in him. And I think when I walked away from that conversation, like Adidas doing an independent contract with Adidas wasn't at the top of my list at the beginning, you know? So I was just kind of like figuring things out. Um, and I had that conversation with him. I went, I talked to a lot of the reps at Adidas and I talked to my mom and I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, I feel very like calm, confident, relaxed, like knowing that going to Flagstaff, coming back to Raleigh has really worked for me recently. And why fix something that isn't broken and, you know, keep going down this path because I think that it could be a very fulfilling one. So. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. and so I guess, I guess, you know, I guess it, it kind of sounds like communication, which is super, super important between coaches. I guess that, that sounds like you won't have to work on it much already. So, mm -hmm. 
No, that, that's that's exciting. That's exciting, and and I definitely think that that's a good move because, because you know, I mean, you see this a lot with a uh, a lot of I guess people trying to trying to go pro. They, they they have this system that like has worked really well for them, and I mean, kind kind of what what happened to me is I guess I went to a new group and kind of too much changed, mm-hmm. and I was almost like starting over, not from like like a freshman year in college, but like starting over, like like I had to learn how to run all over again, and mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it just kind of crumbled a little bit, but. Um, you know, that's sometimes that's how it goes, but you know, so I'm definitely excited for you for sure. Thank you. (laughs) All right. This also kind of goes right into the next one. Oh, perfect. All right. Okay. With many athletes attributing jumps and success to this, what study traces its roots to Berlin, Germany with the paper body and mind in sport? What field of study? Uh, psychology. Sports psychology, but yeah, 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 there we go. yeah. So I, I also heard it in the, I guess Emma's podcast. You you said that you've been seeing a sports psychologist since you were how how young? Um. So I'm honestly, I think it was in ninth grade, but it, no, it, I think it was tenth grade. <laughs> it's for, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it? Is it the same sports psychologist? No, actually I have, well, I've, I've moved once. And then also with the school, they, they actually were able to provide sports psych, um, like treatment and stuff through, through the school. So Mm -hmm. then I also, I've switched, uh, I've had, I think three different sports psychologists. Oh, wow. What, Mm -hmm. what, what made you, uh, I guess decide to see one. Cause I feel like, you know, in 10th grade, yes, most part young. Yeah. I think, um, so back in 10th grade, a lot of my reasoning for seeing sports psychs, well, honestly, just a therapist in general, but sure. I drifted sports psych because I think that that was where a lot of, like, I could tie in a lot of it with um, the rest of my life. Sure. Psychology background. Um, a lot of it back then was dealing with um, depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was, I mean, part of just like growing up, figuring out myself. Yeah. And no, yeah, and definitely understandable. I started with, well, I've always been in sports psychology. I've never, I've never went to an actual clinical psychologist, but I've always been in sports psychology and I've always just kind of worked through and had that person to talk anything through, whether it's running related, life related, because I mean, you just come to find that like so many things that affect your running are things in your life. And so many things that affect your life are things that you're running. It gets all mixed in. And I think Absolutely. that having, like, has really helped me to be able to like, kind of compartmentalize like a lot of that stuff and figure out like mm-hmm. that behind running. And I'm not going to say that I've been perfect in my mindset with running. I definitely have not, but the sports psych has helped me a lot mentally. That's in- good. That's good. And, and I feel like, you know, more and more and more, I guess, like, like, like nowadays that, you know, I guess mental health is becoming challenging just cause you're, you know, cause of social media and whatever, you know, your dopamine isn't, is getting imbalanced a lot, a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've all seen, uh, we've all seen, um, what's What's the documentary? Wow, I'm I'm fumbling. Social dilemma. Social dilemma. Okay. Yes. Okay. So so you know and, and so and so I definitely I definitely think that's 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 great. Um, and I, I guess I've actually I've had a, a little experience in I I've went to a sports psychologist twice and I was like kind of in the middle of quarantine. Um, so I I I don't think I had as much uh, success as you, but. Um, what, what, what kind of do you guys talk about? Is it, is it almost like a, you just like say like, well, this is what I'm upset with, blah, 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 having to relate with running or not, or, or did, did they give you like, well, do these exercises center, blah, 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 blah. 
Oh no, I actually love this question because so all three of the sports psychologists I've seen have done it, have, have their practices have been different, like not entirely. A lot of it's very holistic and focuses on, um, like literally anything that you want to talk about that day. Like you can come in, set the tone, or if you don't feel like doing that and you want to like, kind of have them be the ones to guide it, then they're more than willing to like either ask questions or do activities or stuff like that. But I think the main thing, like you were saying, like having success with it or not, I've had a lot of people who have asked me about, cause I'm, I studied psychology. So I've had like a pe- either people on the team or friends, like kind of ask me what they should be looking for in a therapist or a sports psychologist. And I think the main thing is just having some type of connection with them where you feel like comfortable enough to let your walls down. And sometimes that takes looking at a few different psychologists or a few different sports psychologists, which unfortunately like I understand because of like money, like it does, that does create an issue. And that's one thing that I wish in the world of psychology could be different, but unfortunately like it does, it is costly sometimes, but I think the best thing to do is to not, not necessarily like go to two to three appointments if you can before calling it or like saying like, okay, I do want to be this person or I don't want to be with this person. But if you can feel like one of those connections where it's kind of like a, okay, like I feel like I can let my guard down in front of you and we can work into this. Then I think that it's, it becomes a really special relationship because for me, I just kind of go in, I sit down and I'm like, okay, this is everything that happened in my week. I'm just going to rant to you about it. I'm just going to talk to you about it. And most if not all of the time, it ends up with me just like talking it out with her, occasionally putting in questions, occasionally putting in pointers until I have figured out exactly what I need to do about the situation I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess, um, I, I guess what's I call like the, the rubber duck phenomenon, I guess where you just, well, this is in a, I'm computer science. That, that, that's what it calls is if you just like explain to somebody what you're thinking about, you end up like finding the solution yourself yeah. in a sense. A lot of times yeah. I think, um, that's like one of the best things about like sports psychology or psychology in general. It's like, it gives you this outlet, this person to to talk to, and they're not going to, they're going to, they're not going to sit there and tell you how to solve all your problems, you know, but they're, they're definitely going to guide you to help you kind of gain that sense of control and gain that sense of like, because I mean, honestly, especially when it goes into racing, if you don't feel like you're in control, if you feel like that exact, that sports anxiety, or you feel like, you know, just like, yeah, this is out of my control, then that's typically when things start to go south. So I think that, I think a big thing that sports psychologists do is help you regain a sense of control over your life, over your thoughts, over your emotions, and in both sport and in life, that's just so important. For sure. And that, that was probably the biggest, um, I, cause I, I only, when I tried it, I only saw, um, this is, you know, as I said, the middle of quarantine. So life, mm-hmm. life sucked in general already. Um, but I, I went to the, you know, one of the person, we had two sessions. I kind of explained, I was like, like, yo, like, you know, I, I've never kind of had this problem before, you know, I've, I'm like not finishing workouts. I'm like having trouble getting out of bed, like all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I, I think, I think I should have seen like a regular psychologist. Cause she was like, oh, well, I mean, here's your problem. You got to start doing this, doing this and just like wake up early, you know? And I was like, oh, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but but no, I mean, that's definitely something that, that interests me. And, and I guess it's, this podcast is kind of, um, kind of transcended into a, a little bit of that, you know, cause, cause mm-hmm. all these athletes have this great perspectives, uh, and different perspectives on, you know, how they handle with deal with failure, how they, um, you know, deal with success, how, how they show up the starting line. And, and one of the, the biggest, um, reoccurring themes that I hear, 
or I've heard a few times is that the happiest person on the starting line is usually, you know, going to do the best. Um, and, and, and also, I guess I, I was, I was told, uh, do you have, are you, did you get your master's in sports psychology? So I'm, I'm planning on getting my master's in sports psychology. So planning that's the next like six months I was going to start applying. And so that's the goal. Yes. <laughs> so, so you, you want to go ahead and go down that path? Yeah, definitely. And I also like, I want to have a background in both clinical and sports psychology because of kind of like what you were saying, where, you know, you can, you can give a schedule, you can say like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. But I, I do think, well, something, I mean, something interesting I've noticed in a lot of in, in sports, just in general, and this is mainly from observation, but go for it. I think when you notice it, it's hard not to like talk about or to think about because I've just noticed how certain, um, certain mental illnesses or certain things, um, draw certain people to different sports because in some different sports, it's a strength. Like in basketball, I've known a lot of guys that have undiagnosed ADHD because they have to be able to pay attention to so many different things going on at once, you know, and that helps them in their sport, but can hurt them in school and life and stuff like that. Um, in running, I've noticed a lot of OCD and anxiety because like you think about if you're going to be running this kind of mileage all the time, if you're going to be this into this sport and into this lifestyle, it border, it can borderline on the obsessive, you know, kind of. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And so I do think that that's a lot of the things you just start to notice certain trends in certain sports. And I think that having a clinical background as well as like sports psych, like you can, you can kind of help with treating people at the same time being like, okay, this is your life and your sport. So how do we work this in like behaviorally that we can help like fix these issues and not even just fix them, but to like live with them and thrive with them. For sure. And, and I think another great thing is I know with, uh, um, also, I, I have, I've, you know, you, you, you know more than me, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, one, th- one thing I, I have kind of noticed, I guess, in sports in general, and I think especially running, is it, it is kind of like therapeutic naturally. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if someone's dealing with, I guess, I think for me, I think depression is probably the easiest one when, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I don't, you know, depression to me isn't being sad. It's just when, you know, you kind of, things are, things are in balance in your head, but um, running, if you're doing it, if you're not overtraining, if you're not undertraining, I, you know, it can, I guess, kind of cl- clear your mind and keep things, keep things in balance and I guess all sports. And so I think, um, you know, it's just one of the, one of the many great things about it. Absolutely. I mean, it naturally, like you were saying, chemical imbalances and stuff like that, the chemically what running can do for your brain, it's, it's a really amazing things. And like, when you look in, into the like science of it, the studies of it, it's really cool. But at the same time, I think like, just personally, like as individuals, one of the main things that I've realized, like my sports psych has continued to um, just kind of like um, remind me throughout the process is that like, if I'm starting to stress, if, if all of my running is about, if all of my stress is about running, then when I go into a race, that's going to show. But yeah. if my stress is outside of running and running is my release or my release, then like, that's kind of, that's how racing will tend to go better usually but it's hard to separate that and be like, this is as black and white as it is because sometimes I can be stressed about a race, still do well. Sometimes I can be stressed about other things and it affects my race. But generally the more you stress about the running, the, you know, go downhill, the more you stress about other things and running is your stress relief. Okay. You you just triggered just an epiphany in my head. That that's what that was. (laughs) I was like, so that's why. So this is (laughs) wow. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. 
I, you know, that, that, this is free for me. This is free for everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, free sports psychology. And I guess, uh, kind of what, what that made me think is I might as well say it is, I guess, I guess one of the, one of the biggest, the biggest times of, of success in my running career is when I kind of had the most going on outside of, outside of running. Um, and so in high school, um, you know, you know, it, it was my senior year and I got injured, um, which kind of sucked, but you know, that, that kind of like took that away from me, but I could still exercise. So, you know, I, I put my energy into that, but at the same time, you know, I had, you know, a big high school breakup. Oh, boo hoo. Um, but you know, in high school, that can be a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you also hear the saying of like, you're going to run your fastest the first or like first four months in a relationship and, and the four months after. Um, and so I had like these huge breakthroughs, you know, I, I was qualifying for all these like big national meets and doing pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but then I kind of like use that and, and then same in school, like my busiest semester when I was having like, you know, the hardest classes and I was working part-time, it was also running the fastest. Um, but then in quarantine, um, when, you know, everything sucked, but I, th- I think the workouts were, were hard cause I had big goals. Um, and then the, the stress, the stress didn't become fruitful at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a, wow. You solved it. You cracked the case. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I just think uh, that, uh, I think COVID too, in general, like, like you were saying, like it took so many of those normal distractions that we would have away and it takes and, and I don't think that you should always, I'm not going to be the person to say like, always just distract yourself as much as possible with other stressors. Like that's not always conducive either. No, don't, don't be tactical <laughs> with it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to say that one, but I do think that when we're so used to every, like as humans, we have a natural level of stress that is, that's good for us, you know? But when there's nothing else going on and the only thing we're focusing on is running, then all of that stress is going to be channeled into running. So I do think that, I think that COVID in general has put a big test mentally on a lot of people. And, Mm -hmm. and also just because people are performing well, performing poorly, like that doesn't define who they are as a person or an athlete, how we are dealing with this pandemic mentally and physically is so individualized. And there's so many different factors. And I just think that like, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very grateful for the amount of people I've been able to talk to about mental health during this pandemic, because I think that there have been so many different viewpoints and experiences. And like, I mean, selfishly, like even for me, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really teaching me a lot before I go into the field. And like, this is, this is kind of cool, but also like, I just love talking through with people, like how they're handling it, what's going on. Like, you know. yeah, it is very individualized, as you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. All right. I forgot about the rest of the trivia questions. <laughs> Sorry. This, this, this one, this one, I mean, you know, this one, this one could be the, the stumper. Mm-hmm. You ready? Ready. And you might have good insight on this. I'm excited. Okay. Google Nest, Ecobee, and Huntingwell Heating and Cooling are all brands of what household device? This doesn't really, this is, this is a metaphor. It doesn't have anything to do with you, but, uh, Google Nest, Echo Bee, and Honeywell Heating and Cooling are all brands of what household device? Like the thermostat? I don't know. Thermostat. It's the thermostat. You're lying. (laughs) Nailed it. Wow. (laughs) I knew it. I I knew you were hustling me from the start. (laughs) So thermostat doesn't have to do anything to you, but it's a a metaphor I like that, you know, uh, 
I've heard a bit. So what, what I'm, what I'm, where I'm going with this is everyone kind of has their, uh, it's a metaphor for kind of like how, how good you want to be. And so what I what I say by that is, is so like, if, if you're, I guess your, your level for success is, I guess, being an all American and you're below that you're, you're going to be lighting on fire trying to heat yourself up to get to that level. But on the, on the flip side of that, like sometimes if you, if you can accidentally like go past that, let's say you have a breakthrough race and you're, you know, you're, you're making a world team, you can kind of tend to be, I guess, a little self-destructive. And I'm not saying you're going through any of this, but uh, the conversation I'm kind of interesting in, is and have, uh, I'm interested in having is you've had a whole lot change in the past month. You know, you've been like pretty good, you know, all American to national champion and, you know, you know, six at the, at the Olympic trials. Um, how, how have your goals reset and um, like, how are you kind of like dealing with this big change? That's a good question because I've been thinking about it a lot. Cause I think like, I mean, most everyone's first question afterwards is like, dude, like, how do you feel like you're a national champion or like you're this, or you're that. And I think that um, in the best way that I can put this, like I was so excited and so just like, I guess like humbled by the experience because, but at the same time, I, um, if I'm being completely transparent, like I had seen myself at that level since my freshman year of college, which was not always very good for me mentally going into nationals meets because there were so many times when I was not at that level of national champion, but I saw myself as that, or I believed that that's where I should be. And so the kind of like pressure and expectation that you put on that, like that has resulted in some of my races just completely blowing up in my face because when that's, when that doesn't look like it's about to happen or when that wasn't um, like, it just, I, I was falling off the pack a little right. bit past me. It's so much easier mentally to just be like, well, there goes my goal. And so now the rest of this race, like, you know, I can give myself an excuse to blow up where I don't have to do very well in it. And I, I'd been working a lot with that in sports psych and just in my life. And like, um, but at the same time, like I had had that, I'd had that goal. I'd had that dream. I was like, okay, this is, this is where I see myself. This is where I should perform. And I wish that I could go back in time and like, just tell myself, you know, like, just be patient with yourself, like be, have some grace with yourself, like forgive yourself because like you, you might not be there yet, but you are, you're progressing in a way that like can reach out. I, I just think as runners and generals, we, we set very high goals for ourselves for sure. and um, there can be a lot of heartbreak in running. Unfortunately, like this sport is, is kind of set up for that because it's like, I mean, I was even noticing at the Olympics, it's like, okay, three people in each event. Sometimes they're repeats. Like, yeah, yeah. there are going to be a lot of people there with a broken heart. And that's I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And, and, and that was kind of one of the, you know, I guess, you know, be, being at that level and having teammates who are, you know, have those goals, like that, I was noticing, like being at this level, I was noticing that maybe more than the people that made the team, I was just like, oh, they didn't make it like your, I guess, thermostat temperature was being a national champion. Um, I know pretty much, I, I have this theory that, that everybody in the, anyone in any final, pretty much all eight of them envision themselves as being the fastest in the, in the country, you know? And so, and so, you know, there's, you know, high highs and, and low lows, but you know, that's, that's just, you know, that's what we sign up for, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that like, that's definitely something that, because I don't, I don't know how to, like if I, if I could say like go back in, in those some of those races and tell myself like okay maybe I'm not gonna 
like win this year, but like I could be top five and I should really strive for that. Or like my fitness is at this level and that's what I should strive for. I do think I'd be, I'd have been a lot better off mentally, but I also just don't like, like I've, I've at least mastered for right now, like in a way, like I think telling myself, okay, this is about where I'm at. That's what I did with the trials. I was like, okay, I don't think I can go out here, run a 430 mile right now. So right. I'm just off that, that can't run the 430. And, um, so but there's been different ways for me dealing mentally with that. But then also on the flip side, if you are like, like you said, like once you reach that goal and like start just kind of like you start going further and further than you would even thought was possible or that you even like had imagined. Like, I think that confidence in general in running is like one of our biggest assets because like physically you can be at a certain place, but mentally, if you are confident and you approach that line, like no one here can, no matter what anyone else does here today, whatever they throw at me, I'm going to top it, you know? And like that confidence just builds and builds and builds. Like, I guess I think of someone um, like, I guess like Cole Hawker, you know, like you think of that progression and like so much momentum. Yeah. Yeah. The momentum just builds, builds, builds. And um, I think that was, that's happened for me a lot this year. And um, cause I had been struggling mentally, like pretty much since my junior year up until this indoor season, I've been struggling a bit mentally with running and mm-hmm. then indoor season happened. I started, I, cause I've been running with doing some pro races in the summer and like right. kind of throwing myself in over mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. Um, not, well, not actually over my head, but in my, in my mind and where I was at above I your thermostat, whatever above yeah. my that level. And then all of a sudden coming back to college and it just everyone running together and actually being in racing situations, like I was able to come back and get that feel for it, build the momentum. And then the next time I was in a professional race, I was like, okay, like I'm so much better prepared mentally and physically yeah. and I can, I can take this on. I agree. And I feel, I feel like that was also something that I was, I guess, like tough for me. Um, and I guess, I guess like, you know, the, the pro races that I did is every single race was just like, I'm going against, you know, national champions pretty mm-hmm. much. And so mm-hmm. I didn't get to build that momentum. Cause I was kind of like, you know, it, the only way I was going to have it is if I had like break the race and you couldn't have that yeah. uh, at any point. Um, and that, that was one thing I missed about um, college, but I guess, I mean, you can set that up because you're a pro, you can make your own schedule and set that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that. Um, I think that's a big part of the sports psychology too, is like trying to, whether it's through journaling it out, like meditation practice, whatever it is, like f- figuring out a way to define your success without having to win a race like yeah defi- defining progression as like individual instead of like where i finish in a race or where you know that kind of stuff for and sure I that and was something I- for yeah sure. yeah i agree and, and i feel like that that's one of like the the good and bad things about track in general just conceptually as a sport is is goal setting because mm-hmm. it's very easy to be just like like oh what's your goal and like uh i don't know you know break break 15 or whatever and then that's just like, boom, that's, that's your goal right there line. But in most other sports, um, you know, it's like, well, it depends on who you're playing. It depends on this. It depends on that. But in track, you can just make it really linear. And while that it does have its pros as in it's, it's kind of like, in a sense, a little, little like existentially easier to be a track athlete in that sense. Um, but you know, the, the, the downfalls are, if you don't reach that, what are you going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a little tricky and, and, that, and, that, that was something we, I guess I talked uh, with uh, Emma about is, I guess, you know, 
at, you know, after retiring from, from running, um, when you, when you want to like start goal setting in real life, it can be tricky because you're so used to your entire life. Just, just right. Just think putting five seconds of thought into it. Boom. And now, you know, it's so abstracted, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so that, that, that is definitely a, a very, I think, I think that's a, a big takeaway, um, mm-hmm. from this is, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't have to have just binary goals for sure. All right. Yeah. Last one. Are we good right. on time? Oh, sorry. I mean, for your, for your workout. Oh yeah. My workout's at like 7 PM tonight. I'm good. Oh, gang, gang. All right. All right. Popularized on social media since 2010 and promoted by the likes of Oprah Winfrey. This pseudoscience self-help strategy involves focusing and believing desired outcomes into existence. What is this? Manifesting? Yeah. Did you get all of them? Did you did you get one wrong? I got the first one wrong. God, oh, you're hustling. I fixed I, it. I made myself. I, I I I like I had no idea this uh this whole podcast would just be like a psychology talk. Um Yeah. <laughs> who Sorry. Thought? Too, but no, know. I mean, that, I wrote the questions. I wrote the questions, so, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I guess when doing research on you, I saw you had a Spotify playlist called Manifest, and yeah. I and I know you've you've been talking about. I guess there's like a soundbite of, "Oh, I had the I had breaking fifteen twenty burned into my head." Um, mm-hmm. Is manifest is manifestation something you believe in? Something that you do, and if so, I guess how do you do it? Um, well, I definitely think that manifesting is, is really, really important. I think that in general, like we put out energy at all points, no matter, no matter whether we're intentionally putting out energy or not, like we're always putting energy out into the world, into the universe, um, and receiving a similar energy to ourselves. That's, that's pretty much what I believe. I mean, I even think like, um, through praying, through meditation, through just normal thoughts throughout the day, whatever, whatever it is, our, our like facet, is that how you say it? I don't know. But our like channel of giving out that energy, whichever way it is, we're giving out energy and we're receiving it. And so I think that like the manifesting process for me is I generally like to journal things or like to kind of repeat things. But, um, I also, I also just see like certain like numbers throughout the day, if that makes sense. Like I see 656 every day. I don't know why. I either see it on a clock. I see it. Um, I've seen it before in like numbers of followers or number of likes on social media. I've seen it just like out, like on a receipt or something. I see it every day. I don't know why. 656. 656. No clue. But it's like one of those things that I like now has become one of those like things in my head. And this is totally probably not Go even for the it. Thing. But I see it every day. So I'm like, okay, it means my life is like on track or like, it means that I'm, you know, I'm doing the right thing or whatever. And then there have been certain days where I haven't seen it, that I've been in a really bad mood or like a really negative, just like outlook on a few things. And then at some point along the way, when I reshape my thought process on it, I'll start seeing it again. The second that I like do that, it'll be like, I'll be out somewhere and I see it. And I'm like, oh, I just had to reshape the way I was viewing this, this thing. and, 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 and for that, do you have like an explanation for that, uh, in yourself or is it just kind of like you, you, you can kind of just like feel it. Is it, is it something that would be hard to put into words? I'd say it's more of an intuition. It's just kind of like, okay, like I, I 
I like to have some type of um, reasoning. I don't necessarily always need proof. I just kind of like to reason through certain things. And, and I've also just kind of realized that if, if I can figure something out that is going to um, push me to think more positively about myself and about my life, then like, who am I to question it? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I, you know, I, I, I come from a, a more of like an engineer background, you know, like I, mm. I kind of look at everything as like a system, like, you know, like a computer and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I mean, kind of how, kind of how I, I feel, um, since, since maybe I don't think in the, in the same ways of, of energy, but that, that, that doesn't mean I disagree with what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's more so of, um, kind of, kind of how I understand it is, is like, like, like thoughts, like control, not, not only like, I guess, like, like the actions that you think about, but the more so the actions that you don't think about, I yeah. guess, um, like, like maybe, I guess here's a small example. Like maybe if you have to like stretch and take an ice bath after, um, doing that, maybe if let's say you haven't manifested as in like believed it, that, that would be like, um, uh, hopefully I'm making sense. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you like, haven't, haven't manifested having success, it's, it wouldn't be something you're doing because you're like, Oh, well, that's just not part of, I guess the path forward. But you mm-hmm. know, for me as thinking of everything is like, well, if this is my goal, this is just part of what I'm doing. And it kind of takes the the mental yeah. stress and the choice making away from that. And you're just going to mm-hmm. do everything that's right for you. Um, just because you've kind of already decided what your goals are and you've kind of pre-shaped your life according to that. Yeah. I think that's a big part of, um, manifesting that people don't keep up with, if that makes sense. Cause I do think that some people get caught up in the, like, like, I like the way that you're saying that's more of like an engine, your engineering mindset of it. Cause it's like, I, I do think mm-hmm. that, that the, I guess like the logical side of it, people will take away from it sometimes because they're like, Oh, well, if I just think this enough, or if I just believe this enough, it's going to happen. That's, that's not the case at all. Like, right. Right. <laughs> Cause we think a lot of things every day. We believe a lot of things every day, but like, yeah, you have to be able to hold yourself accountable and do the, do the things that will get you to this place that you're believing in. And that's what I think makes a true belief and makes a true like desire for something is if you are willing to, to make the steps to do that. And that's not an easy thing either. Like no. runners self-sabotage all the time. Without even Absolutely. Realizing. But like, yeah, if you, if you're able to just be thinking like these, these goals, these different things, and the goals don't have to be times or places or whatever. It can just be like, I'm going to make sure for this week that I'm hydrated, right? Like I'm going to have this, this, and this, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. I'm going to do whatever. Like it can be goals like that, but like right. that, that is manifesting success. And some, and the way that I manifest the way that I say things with manifestation, I never do anything like super specific. Like instead of manifesting, like I want to win a national title or I want to do this, it would be more like, I want to find like, joy and fulfillment in my success, whatever, whatever that success means is whatever I am capable of. Okay. So in a sense, like, like you're, you're more, you're, you're manifesting, I guess, building yourself, I guess, because you can, you can, um, you know, put the same effort energy into, I guess, becoming a national champion, for instance, and then that day comes and you just have an off day because off days happen. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean like, like if, 
it, it, like, like, let's say like if you were manifesting, you know, winning and everything, you'll be absolutely lost and you'll have no idea what to do. But if you know, you did everything that you could, that the national champion did, mm-hmm. um, then it's, it's way easier to learn from it. And mm-hmm. I guess take the, the, the pros and the cons and, you know, kind of realize that, um, you know, I, like I got better, you know, and sometimes yeah. you get, you grow as a person even more, um, with, you know, hard races that I'm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you wouldn't have become a, a national champion if you didn't get 16th, you know, in the, whatever the year before, you know, yeah. so I think things definitely build. Mm-hmm. Agreed. For sure. For sure. Um, but w- w- one more thing I, 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 I was just interested in general. Um, that was the last mm-hmm. question. Um, but while I was looking at your Spotify, if that sounds super stalkerish, that was even, even on there. Um, <laughs> but playlists. you listen to a, it seems like you had a gajillion playlist on there. I guess I what, 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 how does music fit into your everyday life? Music is big for me. And it's not even necessarily like I'm a big music nerd. I know everything about certain bands or all that kind of stuff, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just always been pretty prevalent in my life and COVID really messed me up when I couldn't go to concerts anymore because I love concerts. Are you, so you big on concerts? I, yeah. I, so how many I go, how many go to rally? Hmm? Do do a oh. lot go through rally? Yes. And no, there's, so there's one place in Chapel Hill actually that's called cat's cradle. That is my favorite spot because it's super intimate. Like there are, it's, there's probably like 300 people in the room, mm-hmm. you know? And if you get there early enough, you can, you can get to the front of the stage. So I've been at two concerts there where the person like held my hand and sang to me. Really? Like had interactions. Like one of my, one of my guy friends that was there. um, So this is Rainbow Kid Surprise. I don't know if you know that band. Yeah. They're more like, it was back when they were, they hadn't gone on any big tours yet. So they were pretty small. It was like $10 to see them. And they were my favorite band at the time. And they started at App State. And so the guy, the guy I was there with had an App State shirt on, took it off, threw it up at him. And he takes, the lead singer takes off his shirt, puts on the App State shirt. Like it was just like, that's it's just so funny. It, like experience. So that's why I like those concerts so much more because oh. you get to kind of connect with like the artist in a way. 100%. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm definitely uh, in Atlanta. Atlanta is great for concerts. Um, oh, I bet. Um, and I, I remember early, uh, early when I, when I was first in the college, I was big into emo music, such as rainbow kitten surprise. And the, I, I guess the best concerts to this day that I've ever been to were those 300 concerts. I saw a band called Joyce Manor. Um, oh, yeah, uh, a band called Joyce Manor. And it was, it, it was the kind of thing they had like two albums out at the time. It was like 2016, but there was like 300 people and every single person, including myself knew every single word to every single song they sang. And that was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also, but, and then also like getting, you know, like getting like artists early, like you did Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Because um, later I, I kind of exited my emo phase just in a straight Atlanta rap and whatnot. And so from there, I guess, Waka Flocka Flame was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. That's so fun. And, and speaking of Gucci Gang, on Lil Pump's first, first tour, that, you know, people, I think people may have died at that concert, but that was nuts. Anyway. Um, that's that because those are i love having those experiences and and i think like so you were saying like email music like i definitely in in high school was going through a very a very long emo phase like i only shopped at hot topic my hair was blue at one time and i went to warp tour every summer really oh yeah oh yeah i've never been that's fun yeah it's like so it's mostly screamo 
some more just like alternative bands and like I mean it gets kind of crazy though because there were there were mosh pits going on at all times and I'm I'm tiny like I've, I'm 6'3 I, I was having a great time I was I was the problem yeah <laughs> probably because there's all these guys just throwing around like they're like punching each other and stuff like that too there was there was one time this like I don't mean to you know he was like this this bigger guy sure. he just sure. like hit me from across the mosh pit was like you are t- you don't belong in here and he picks me up like over his head and carries me out and I literally was like this man might have just saved my life he probably did no that that's for sure that's serious I I've I've broken a phone uh I've broken multiple phones and and mm-hmm. yeah and, and also I guess I guess he, he, you know the uh the the Nike watches I guess the the old ones that are like the Nike Nike camp watches so I remember one time it was uh I think this was this was modern baseball if you've heard of them and and uh th- yeah th- th- there's like a mosh pit going and, and then you know a guy you met at that size there was two of them and we were bouncing back and forth and then my hand went in between both of them and they both squished my hand and i get pushed back and it literally ripped the watch off my hand this like they don't make it anymore this like 300 hundred dollar watch just ripped you know completely oh, off my hand yes but also great taste modern baseball that's that's what that's, I'm that, that's a big thing in the runner i i feel like there's a runners at, at UPenn, they, they, they worship modern baseball. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. It's a great, one. It's a great there, one. That was actually when I first met the NAU guys team, there was one of the guys on the team that knew, um, well, he knew modern baseball and he also knew uh twin size mattress by the front bottoms. Do you know that song? Oh yeah. We like, that's like kind of how we bonded at the beginning. I feel like so it's, 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 it's that it's that it's that tight knit community. You know, it's that, it's that like when you, those are the best concerts because everyone knows every single song. Yeah. You know, and like, and like, like after that, I'll go like, you know, in Atlanta, I'll go to like some of the, the more popular, um, artists, I guess, like, uh, you know, gangster rap, big into gangster rap, uh, gangster rap. I say that, uh, just trap, mm-hmm. I guess, um, like, like future and whatnot when he was at his mm-hmm. prime great mm-hmm. concert, but it was kind of like, there were too many people and like someone knew like one song and like, I don't know. Yeah. The, the vibes just aren't there. It was like, it was like, they were like trying to like have like a party. Um, I don't know. It was like a bad party, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, it's just different when it's like a huge amphitheater, just like a bunch of people. Like I yeah. prefer the smallest, but yes, long story short, music is very important to me. I've had an emo phase. So when it comes to all my playlists, there's so many different things. And like, it's just a mixture. Like literally my, my playlist will go from like Screamo to like Taylor Swift to rap to like freaking Bolton. Like yeah. it's then indie, like anything, just yeah. anything other than country. <laughs> I can't really do country. I, I appreciate, I, mean, I can't either, just, but I, you know, I appreciate it though. I, I like yeah. the, you know, I like, I like the, uh, I guess the artistry behind it, although, you know, I can't mm-hmm. really get behind it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. That's fun. No, no, same here recently since, I, I don't know, it, it, it's been kind of, I, I feel like, like music was like harder to like find new music in quarantine just cause uh, I heard someone's I watched a YouTube video and I think this guy put it so, so perfectly. It's like, you don't, you don't listen to music as like the function, but you kind of like experience it. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it's like each song you listen to kind of has like memories attached to them. And like mm-hmm. in quarantine when literally nothing's happening, you, you can't, I guess, like experience music. You're just kind of like listening to it and not really attaching any memories to it. Um, and See, I didn't notice. An epiphany kinda, moment for me right there. <laughs> huh? That's an epiphany moment for me right there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, it like changed the way I looked at things, you know? It, 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 um, and because I was like, I thought in general that like 
because I, I, I'm, I'm almost like interested in like the culture of pop music and whatnot. And so I sometimes I look on the charts, like the top 100 or something. And this past year in 2020, like the, the, the songs were almost like, like, like no new songs got made for the most, like no big bangers were made. And I was like, what's well, cause you know, no one's really experiencing it. And like mm-hmm. the top artist was juice world and he wasn't even alive all of 2020, yeah. you know, well, that, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, but I do think that a lot of that stuff is TikTok based, like oh, promoting. Yeah. I'm big on TikTok. I'm big on TikTok. Same. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm on TikTok, but I you're not. I, I like watching TikToks. Yeah. It. That's a whole other conversation for me. Oh. All right. Well. I think I think that's that's about that's about everything. Um. So we have we have one last segment. Okay. One last segment, and I um, think this is going to be. I, I, you know, this is. Uh, so what, what I want you to do is for everybody, I want you to, to pull out your phone. Are you, is you recording this on your phone? Yeah. And then I want, you to, I want you to, to go to your notes and then show us. What do you got? What do you, what do you keep on your notes? Let's, let's take a little dive, the dive inside the mind of Ellie Hennis, if you feel like sharing. Sometimes you get some funny stuff. Let's see. That's a blank one, so that's good. Oh, I have one for, have you heard of Bob Drop? No. So it's, so it's an, actually this goes back to music. It's a social media app solely for music. So like you have a profile and you can post one song a day and it just goes out to like the masses and everyone gets to like discover new music and stuff like that. That's fun. I have a list of songs for what I wanted to post on Bop Drop. Bop Drop. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my first one. Oh, um, I had ideas for photo shoots for me and my roommates hell yeah that's what we like to hear G- give me one give me give me the best one um okay there's <laughs> <laughs> car pictures and sky pictures you had to keep notes for that <laughs> yes. you had to remember that it's like Pretty we should take like sky pictures let me write oh, that yeah. down let me write that down <laughs> <laughs> it's because oh i'm the worst okay um <laughs> here's a list of names for cats because i want a cat good call good call so cats. names are names are <laughs> names manifest Girl names because i don't know which cat i'm gonna get yet are you, are you in the market what do you, what do you mean like are, are, do you like go for uh like breeds of cats or so actually i don't mean to but i've only ever owned gray tabbies and I never meant to, but it's like when I see gray tabby kittens, I'm like, I have you, please. I want you. <laughs> and they're so playful and they're so cuddly. So yeah. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, pr- pretty much in my notes, all I keep is, uh, is, uh, captions <laughs> and I'll, I'll read some of the best ones. Please. In life, you're either a smart fella or a fart smella. <laughs> I'm that's, that's in the, that's in the back pocket. I can't wait till that picture's posted. <laughs> Stop the chops and still cranking the knob, Buckaroonie. That that was just something funny I, I heard someone say. <laughs> you should make one of those like overheard. Wait, are you still are you in Atlanta or where are yeah. you? So then yeah, you should have like one of the overheard Atlanta sites or whatever. And then you oh, can just yeah. things people say. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Well, that's also another podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you so much for all the <laughs> 
all the the content, all the good content, the good conversation. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, rate us five stars. You know, f- don't rate us anything else, or else I will come to your house and confront you about it. All right. Thank you so much, Ellie, and have a good workout and have a good day. Thanks so much. For sure.